You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversation as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about our show or to contact us directly, visit our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And we welcome you, listener, to episode 151 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Um, I thought about, it's not really appropriate for this episode, but I thought about saying the Bible's not only true, it's better than fiction. Maybe we could have changed it the last couple episodes, so it's not only true, it's better than you could have dreamed. Oh, But yeah. that doesn't make uh, sense because we're not doing that for this uh, episode. <laughs> the time has passed for that. We, we are going fully into, not Jacob the Dreamer, but um, I don't know, what would you call this? It's it's not he's not he's not dreaming anymore. It's more like a it's nightmare. Just a different kind. Of, a girl of his dreams. That's there what it is. it is. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Oh, good word. Allegedly. Good word. But um, we'll get into it before we get started. So let me give a uh, quick update. A little bit behind the scenes. We had our Spotify Wrapped, which if you know what that is, you know. If you don't, sorry. You're this was be- pretty neat stuff for me because you're our. You're our metrics guy. Yeah. You look you you crunch the data and look at the one of the one of the liabilities of being the sole producer That's of the right. show is yeah, you I'm, have to look at the numbers. I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing producer duties. We just talk and hope people listen. Gandalf does the other stuff. Um <laughs> but this was neat this was neat for me. Yeah, so Even I though I, no one says neat anymore other than me. You're unique, Nathan. But we had um like a breakdown of our end of year metrics and well one we're very pleased to say that the number of people who listen to the podcast regularly and the whole podcast is up 47%, which is really good growth. I would call that mm-hmm. pretty good. And something interesting I saw is that uh, the way you guys are sharing the podcast, it's overwhelmingly you are texting the first episode to people, which is amazing. That's exactly what we want. You start at the beginning. A very good place to start. That's why our number one most viewed episodes for this past year were episodes one and two. Um, in fact, it was ep- ap- actually episode two, which I guess to me that only means is that you guys are sharing it. People are getting through to the first two, and then some number of them go on to listen to the rest of the podcast, and some number of them go, ah, I'm good. These guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good here. But a, a big shout out to the 175 among you, our listeners, who... The Better Than Fiction Bio podcast is the number one most listened to podcast that you consume. Mm-hmm. So the 175, we don't know who you are, but you know who this you are. This is just on Spotify, though. Yes. Yeah. Well, Apple doesn't tell us these things. Oh, okay. They're yes. not fun. Once like upon that. a time, we got all kind of interesting data from Apple. Apple, yeah. But you know what happened? They put it behind a paywall. Um, uh. not, not just a paywall, but like a level of influence wall. So not only do you have to pay, you have to like be good enough for them to like green light you into the program mm. so apple and once we, again i am relegated to the math and science team table <laughs> <laughs> it's like apple so we know we know where we stand in the grand pantheon of the tech world but all that being said nathan would you please read for us uh we're reading genesis 29 correct yep 13 through 18 13 through 18 esv ESV. I had to make sure. <laughs> yeah. I was actually all of that was buying time so I could get the uh, correct translation. Because uh, if there's one who breaks from that occasionally, it's me. Um, all right, uh, listeners, this is Genesis 29 verses 13 through 18. Uh, and as always, or as most of the time, it's from the ESV. 
As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being like getting to be in the Bible, right? Like there's only a <laughs> small handful of individuals who right. get to be in the inspired word of God. And could you imagine your chief contribution to it is that? While your sister was beautiful, your eyes were weak. Well, you know, and so it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the things I love to do is every week when I'm prepping sermons and Bible studies, you know, I have my Greek and my Hebrew. And then I love having up a panel on my Bible software that's translation comparison. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because people, you know, you don't want to be mean to biblical characters. They're in the Bible. And so sometimes instead of weak eyes for Leah, you will see tender eyes delicate. or timid soft or, eyes or delicate but i always remember before we had any of these english translations of the old testament we had the lxx the septuagint and the septuagint is uh ophthalmi esthenes weak eyes like let's let's yeah. let's not play around with what we're saying here like mm. um uh and I, that's not me taking a dig at leah but like you know it's it's, inter- it's just interesting we want to soften it and that is a point the text is making, right? Because it sets some of the context of what's going on here. Um, and there is not just with brothers, but with sisters, there's an older and a younger thing at play. Um, and uh, yeah, Jacob's mama and Laban are siblings too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Jacob rolls up and he's like, wow, this woman is beautiful, just like her aunt, my mother. <laughs> they say you, <laughs> they say you <laughs> fall in love with your mother. Hey, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So today but, I'm relieved that Haley does not listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, so also, I think I can speak with some authority on this as a dad of daughters. I have. I thought you were going to say father of six, but that's well, okay. I am a father of six. Um, and my two oldest are girls. And then I have not my two youngest, but two of the younger ones are girls. And they're, they're each girl is right next to the other one. Like, the, there's no boys separating them. Matt is, Matt is making a point beyond this, but right now my mind is stuck on four weddings. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. But um, let me just say that with some authority that girls keep score amongst themselves. Um, they know, uh, and I, I know boys do to some degree, but one of the things as a dad of daughters, like, one of them, it a week does not go by that I do not hear. That's my shirt. Like, that is not your, what is you? That's not, like, and they love each other, but they totally know like what's going on. There is a healthy competition amongst girls. The, my in the boys same don't household. do that. They just antagonize one another. And like Judah, my oldest, is a tender, tender, compassionate. Sir, he's so many things. I wish I had been at his age. But if there's gonna, if there's one person in God's creation that is going to bring out 
the violence in his spirit. It is his younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my brother who I learned Photoshop initially in order to forge a birth certificate to convince him he was adopted. Well, so among my two younger daughters, I've got Ainsley and Lucy. Ainsley is the artist. She loves coloring, painting, everything. And she has all kinds of, when she was younger, had all kinds of coloring books. And I remember one particular time, the coloring book was snatched by her younger sister. And of course, it was not colored in the lines, just everywhere. And she brought it to me completely brokenhearted. And she said, and dad, look at what she did to it. And she, she looked at her sister, Lucy, and she said, and by the way, your art is horrible, uh, horrible, you know, and it's just, just a little bit of like edginess, like and stuff like that. We should, we should expect that, by the way, the story is going to reveal that this competition never ceases amongst Leah and Rachel. This goes on for a long, long, long Long time. They pass it down to the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah, like literally biblical in proportions. And so, like, for instance, you you know that, for instance, uh, Rachel probably called Leah weak eyes. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> and she, Leah's response was always probably, I am what I am, but my son's name is Judah. Um, The gift of Leah was her children. Yeah, that it, she brings forth the house of Israel. and. Six kids. Um, so there, there's real competition that we're already. And the, the oldest text has is the wanting us to... named after him, <laughs> Reuben. <laughs> that's just really funny. I mean, it's not for everybody, but if you like a Reuben, so there's a couple things I I do want to point out. But one of the things that gets me every time I that's read actually, this passage, time out. That's actually a Jim. That's actually a Jim Gaffigan joke. He said, you know, he's from a large Catholic family. Mm -hmm. And he said, when you're in a large Catholic family and you're, you know, the first or second kid, you're named after, well, you were named after grandma. And he said, uh, he said, now when you get to kid number five or six, you were named after a sandwich I had last week. Oh yeah. Now go get your brother Reuben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, one of the things that I love about this story is in verse uh, number 13 and 14, when Jacob is essentially telling Laban the whole story. It says Laban ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And Jacob told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. You got to wonder how that conversation went. Like, so this is how I ripped off Esau. With all, yeah, that, what all things did he do? Yeah, this, and I just love that Laban's response is like, come to, to, come to your uncle Laban. <laughs> That's right. Like very, you are no doubt my family. Yeah, we, we, uh, one of the things we fret up, we fret as much over like what to title yes. the episodes as we do the actual content of yeah. the episodes. And, uh, part, you know, part of me was tempted, even though this is not the direction we're going. And this is not me being petty. Uh, a part of me was uh, tempted to like, let's go with the betrayed by a kiss. This is very mm. like he, he greets him, right? He's so happy to greet him because he knows what he's bringing him into. Jacob, you are not the only deceiver in the family. Did Jacob overplay his hand and like reveal too much to Laban? Uh, and Laban's like, well, <laughs> come, come on back. Oh, like, like, a listening to audience. I wish you could see Dr. Van Horn's face just we, now. That was a great expression. We know how to welcome you back. <laughs> it's, like, um, it's like a ladder to heaven. You said, Oh, that <laughs> God indeed has big plans for you. Family, that family and tribe that big. There's no way you can get it done with one wife. You know, yeah, uh, 
the uh, let me tell you about both of my daughters. Um, no, but I. And so it's interesting on Wednesday nights at, at uh, for our church family, I'm doing something that is not identical to the podcast, but very much informed by some of the study I do for the podcast. And I was recently doing um, something based on some of our most popular episodes, the the Ham Trilogy, as mm. we so call it. But it's funny, like the more you read biblical narrative, the more you get in tune with how the stories are told. And so it's not incidental, like how these things get introduced into the story. Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing, tell me what should your wages be? Jacob has not responded to that question, right? Mm -hmm. That's an open question. And the very next thing the text of Genesis says is, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob has not answered that question. Right. We know that he came not for a watering hole, but for a wife. But Jacob has not answered that question. So the biblical narrative is already hinting and cueing us in. This is going to be a substantial thing. Because on Wednesday nights, I was just doing the ham thing. And in the post-covenant scene, uh, the Genesis 9, 18 through 27, every time Ham comes up in the story, now Ham was the father of Canaan. That's right. (laughs) Now Ham was the father of Canaan. And after whatever happens, happens, Noah doesn't talk to Ham again. He curses Canaan. Mm. He won't even talk to him. It's like he can't even look at him. Uh, and there is that component to this, uh, far less nefarious, but there's that component to this story too. What what could I possibly, you can almost see Laban putting one of his arms over each of his daughters. What could I possibly pay you with? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> one of the things that I love about this is the reflection also back to Genesis 2. Uh, I love. I had not considered this. So in verse number, what is it? Fourteen. And this is yeah, it is fourteen. And it's an interesting translational issue. After you comment on this, yeah. So Laban said to him, "Surely you are my bone and my flesh." So Gandalf, where's where's the last time, or really not just the last time, but the first time we heard phraseology like that? That's Eden. That is Eden. When, by the way, the original father of the bride is bringing Eve to Adam and, and the, and the original, so to speak, watering hole in the middle of the, Oh world. yeah. The spring that the place the between the rivers, yeah. Eden. And I'm sure Jacob right now is probably floating on the clouds. I went to go and this find, is just like heaven on earth. Yeah. I just saw a stairway to heaven. And then now we, I meet this girl at a well, just like, Dad's wife was met by the servant and just the rich history. It's all coming up, Jacob, has. today. I was yeah. literally just about to say it. Exactly. He's, everything is firing on all cylinders for Jacob, mm-hmm. and it is a match made in heaven. Um, but there is a character. Turns out Laban is a slightly different father of the bride than God was in the Garden of Eden. Nathan, you were going to point out the differences about with language. Well, yeah. So my default, because uh, I preach from the CSB, mm-hmm. uh, and CSB is likewise a very, you know, ESV is a pretty literal translation, mm-hmm. uh, word for word over thought for thought. And CSB is still closer to that end of the spectrum in translation theory. It's closer to word for word than thought for thought, much closer um, over against like an NIV and certainly sure. over against like New Living Translation and some of those others. And that's a whole bigger discussion. But it's interesting, even in the CSB, they don't go with, my bone and my flesh, they go with flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Flesh and blood is an expression that's common that's to right. our world. Like if, if someone's family, family, you're my family, own flesh and blood, you're my own flesh and blood. Like 
no matter what you did, it would be forgiven of you because you're my own flesh and blood. But right. it's interesting. That's to capture a, that's not how they say it in Hebrew. In Hebrew, it's you're my own bone and flesh, uh, which captures, by the way, even the creational order, bone and right. flesh, not flesh and, um, they, they start inside out. We start outside. Um, but I, I think that's interesting, even in a literal leaning translation that they went with an idiom that makes more sense to our culture over biblical culture. Anyway, mm. so this, but it is, it is a reference to, to Eden. There's a, there's an Eden thing in there. Yeah. And so there, there's a couple of things that need to be said here. This one is not anywhere and again, close. And again, post Eden is, a, is Eden. The aftermath of Eden, starting with Cain and Abel, is the beginnings of sibling rivalry in the yes. Bible. Like mm. this is, but we're we're making the house of Israel here. Um, this is um, Israel is going to be what the entire family of God when we get to like, uh, I mean, gosh, uh, Romans nine through eleven. What the entire family of God is going to be referenced to. We're building the house of Israel, ultimately referring to both Jew and Gentile. But or Israel of God in Galatians six, right? But what I'm getting at here is is that we have right here Israel's house being made, and the new Eden is beginning. It, it's beginning stages of being constructed. It's the whole reference to Hebrews that, like for, in Hebrews eleven, where Abraham was seeking a city whose architect and builder is God. That this is. This is not the old. It's a foretaste of no wonder the these new. guys love planting trees, man. Yeah, there, there is, there is something here. Yes, it's not. There is something lost from the perfect relationship, the perfect marriage of Eden, and we already see right now from the way this is worded, this marriage is going to have problems. It is going <laughs> to have problems, but also. It's part of a redemptive story. It is a part of a redemptive story that is going to this this is the beginnings of the new Eden. Yeah. So I I'm so sorry. My mind, Matt Gandalf and, and our dedicated listeners know this. My mind is a wasteland of pop culture references. <laughs> and so like uh, you know, we start recording this episode. Jacob thinks, man, this looks too good to be true because it is. Um, <laughs> but he's like, man, heaven on earth. All the stuff Matt was just talking about, this is so Eden-esque. And uh, I think about like Laban is scheming in the midst of this. And my mind immediately goes to Toy Story and then pulling on uh, Woody's uh, drawstring. Mm. Reach for the sky. And then they keep pulling it. Somebody's poison the water hole. You know, yeah. like that's that's my take on this scene. Uh, it looks good. Somebody's poison. The You're not getting the wife you think you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even if, if, if I was just reading the Bible blind, like no background, no history with it, it would immediately be suspect of the fact that the, it immediately says, now Laban had two daughters. It's like, uh-oh, this is not going to go the way he thinks it's going to go. But again, uh, again, we've talked about this in previous episodes. This ends up being a, you know, a trope in, in Hebrew storytelling, the whole two-sibling thing, and Fast forward to the New Testament. I know we've talked about this. Uh, Kenneth Bailey and other New Testament scholars who said, you know, when Jesus tells a parable, he tells it always to a to a to a group who are deeply steeped in Jewish stories. And one of Jesus's most famous parables, uh, he's following off of, hey, guy had ninety nine sheep. I mean, hundred sheep. 
one w- walks off from the fold. Woman had 10 coins. And then a man had two sons. Uh, mm. for, for several New Testament scholars, I think most prominently Kenneth Bailey, you can't hear a man had two sons and not have a strong hearkening back to the Genesis stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not just, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's not just this, right? Because we go all the way back to Cain and Abel for that one. Now, it's also important to remember this. Is, I think I'm pretty sure this is our first main character who falls in the list of good guys that is going to be a bigamist from the word go. Like, for instance, Isaac only has one wife. Abraham's wife is associated as Sarai, and and Hagar is taken as a wife, then he takes other wives. But Abraham's life really centers around Sarah. At least regarding the promise. Yeah, yeah regarding the promise. And even, and even, but again, even Jacob here, Jacob didn't set out to be a bigamist. The no, set that out was not Rachel. the goal. Right. But this is from the word go. He's going to be intrinsically connected with with two ladies from the beginning and sisters. But um, yeah, Laban saw this guy coming miles away. <laughs> Somebody's poison the water. Oh, see, it makes sense the more you hear it. That, that's right. Is Laban like, hey, watch me, root, watch me move this rock, uncle. That's all you, buddy. <laughs> You're so strong. Hey, hey, so, girls, look how strong you look is. how strong your cousin is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, look a little harder. Just <laughs> make sure. Leah, open your eyes. <laughs> That's so wrong. That was Gandalf. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, like, how, how, like, is this like a 300 IQ play from Laban? Is he like, I'll make an Eden reference for this guy? Like, is that what we're meant to believe? Like, this, that, like, he's really. He knows what Jacob did is he, looking did for. He, did he figuratively speaking see him coming a yeah. mile away to Matt's point? Um, no, but it didn't take him long to. But again, like this is we've talked about one of the things that we talked about when we talked about even the Jacob Esau stuff and the stealing of the blessing thing. Who, who was involved in that? It was. It wasn't just Mama's in on yep, that. Yeah, exactly. right. Because she doesn't like Esau's wives, uh, his Canaanite wives. And so like, this is, this is part of the thing in the family and God will, God will redeem this within the biblical story, but it's, it's there. Uh, It's, it's, in other words, Jacob, whatever we say about Jacob's dishonesty, he gets it honestly. (laughs) Um, cause he's not the only, not the only trickster in the family. Again, please don't hear me overly attacking biblical characters, but uh, I mean, we, we've slandered Leah enough for, for one episode. Yeah, that was you. Um, <laughs> repeatedly come to her defense. That was, excuse me, that was you in the Septuagint. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's in, again, hopefully, and one of the things that blesses me when our uh, readers, not readers, listeners, uh, message in, and we even had one this past week who listened to an episode on some of what we did with dreams, and they talked about connecting that mm-hmm. more than we did uh, with darkness imagery. Uh, again, we're always caught between moving painfully slow so that we can talk about things and also scratching the itches that come up for us on, isn't this interesting? And and, and is this worth talking about? There's always more. Uh, Again, when I see the, the graphic that has 60,000 connections, there are not enough lines. There's more dots there. Um, Mm. But I, I do, it's always encouraging for me, agree or disagree with some of the positions that we take. It's encouraging for me when people start, asking new questions and developing uh new not new but new to us interpretive strategies for 
how we approach the text and listen to the story that is being told. And uh, I love some of those dots that are right there to be connected in this passage. Nathan, do you think that there's something to be said And here? again, focuses on eyes connecting to Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the eyes thing is so big. The ra'ah, the tov. Yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, who, who is Rachel and how is Rachel described? Um, uh, so another thing is that as I don't want to, to steal the thunder of where this story goes, but we are going to find that Laban throughout the rest of the story does not hesitate to work his own angle for himself to become personally profitable and his family. And I wonder if when Jacob sits down and he shares with Uncle Laban how good God has been to Abraham's family, if Laban is thinking, wow, I could not potentially just have one piece of that pie. Ah, I could get that's two. an interesting take. I could get two. Uh, but we, that, that, that's but my what's going to be he... ironic when it comes full circle, Laban loses it all <laughs> when they're separated. And Laban working his angle actually causes him to lose his family rather than to gain and cut in on Abraham's blessing. I wonder there may be something there. Mm, Indeed. And listener, if you want to work an angle for your own benefit, then I suggest (laughs) that you subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast where you will receive... Uh, not one blessing, but two blessings. The first being a notification every Tuesday morning when we release a new episode. And the second, you'll be able to spread what presumably you believe to be worthwhile content to others, be it your friends and family, by texting them, emailing them. Um, I think I think it said that like two people emailed the podcast to someone else. I was so. shocked by the amount that it gets shared through text. So it's clearly, it's clear you guys are texting. So we love that. And the podcast can spread even farther. So... Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. Until then, see you, or until then, you have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. That was meaty and it was on time.